This is Too Busy to Podcast, a show for busy, multi-passionate female entrepreneurs at different stages of their podcasting journey who may be feeling frustrated or overwhelmed doing all the things. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast editor and podcast manager. I'll be coming to you every week, solo or with a guest, to share actionable tips, simple strategies and useful resources to help you manage and grow your podcast the simple way. We'll be covering the practical stuff like how to start a podcast, what equipment you should use, and how to create a podcast workflow that helps you to stay organized. But also there's the other important stuff like mindset, email marketing, productivity, and storytelling. So open up the notes app on your phone and let's get started. Hello there and welcome to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. This week, I am super, super duper excited to welcome our first guest onto the show. She is someone who needs no introduction to me as we've worked together in the past. Christine is my first coach when I started out on my entrepreneurial journey almost a year ago. So I'm going to pass over to Christine and ask her to introduce herself. So who are you, Christine, and what do you do? Well, first of all, Rosemary, I want to thank you for this opportunity. And I also want you to know that you were one of my very favorite clients when I worked with business people, and you were always so eager to jump in and do the work. And it was really impressive. And to see your growth over the last year has been such a pleasure, and it's been an amazing journey to take with you. So that said, I am Christine Watson, and I am a life coach, and I started off working with business women, and then I kind of narrowed my niche down to working with virtual assistants. And then I found that my passion was really with tennis players because I am a tennis player. And I found that their struggles on the court were so similar to what business women go through with imposter syndrome and not feeling like they're good enough, all of that stuff. And so I've shifted again. And so now I'm working with tennis players exclusively, but it's interesting that I do the same coaching work. I coach them on the exact same stuff around their mindset, about believing in themselves, about not feeling like an imposter when they're on the court or when they're building a business. You know, all of it is kind of the same type of thing. So I've been doing this work now for two two and a half years, and just absolutely loving it. So that's a little about me. Amazing. Amazing. And thank you so much for that, you know, kind gesture at the beginning. I absolutely loved working with you. And I have no doubt that our listeners are going to take away so much from this conversation. So let's jump right into it. As I mentioned, Christine and I worked together when I started out as a VA. And I came across Christine when I think it was an ad for your masterclass, your four week masterclass, you know, helping VAs to overcome those negative thoughts, shifting the mindset. You were giving us tips and strategies in order to kind of get us on the right path. And I honestly, I think I've said this to you before, if not, you might blush, but I do put Christine down as a major factor in in the growth where I am today by investing in a coach so early on in my journey. I feel that allowed me to get further ahead. And I just want to say thank you so much. Overcoming imposter syndrome is not a one-off thing. I think I thought by working with you, (laughs) This is a bit naive, but I think that, you know, at that time I was like, yeah, I'll work. We'll work together for three months and, you know, I'll be fine. No, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's an ongoing thing. And even now I still have my struggles and I have to remember those strategies. Some days, you know, worse than others, but you have to try and center yourself and reframe your mind. But for me, I just think even moving into the podcaster seat, so to speak, and you'll know this because you were the first person that I spoke to about my podcast. I just felt like, what on earth are you doing? I knew it was the right thing for me starting a podcast because a writer I am not. So writing social media content doesn't come naturally, but I can certainly talk for England quite literally because <laughs> that's where I live. But, you know, it was kind of, I was used to being behind the scenes. I was only doing podcast management for about five months or so. And all these thoughts, oh, what are people going to think? At one point, I even planned not to tell a living soul. Like that totally defeats the object of having a podcast. And it definitely defeats everything that I advise my clients. But I was just battling with all these thoughts and thought, okay, I can't, I can't do this. But you and I got on a call and you set me straight. And I am so excited that you are my first guest. We've spoken many, many times in the past, Christine, but how would you suggest, how would you advise people reframe the negative thoughts that they have to help them move forward in their journey? Well, the main thing that people need to recognize is that they need to recognize the thoughts in their brain. And most people don't recognize it. They don't realize that they are choosing these thoughts. They pop into their brain, they grab on, and then they think this is the truth. Then they get busy and they start looking for evidence that that's true. So for example, if you're thinking I'm inexperienced, nobody's going to want to work with me. So then you have this thought come in of I'm inexperienced, no one will want to work for me. You feel full of self-doubt. And so then when you're full of self-doubt, are you exuding confidence? Are you getting out and talking to people? Like you said, you weren't even going to tell a soul. So your actions then are going to create the result that you think should happen. And so for imposter syndrome, everybody has it. It is not something that is only for the weak, for the new, for the inexperienced. Every single person is going to have imposter syndrome because everybody is new at some time. Everybody is inexperienced at some time. But what we do is we take those thoughts in, we think they're facts, we think they're true, and then we think nobody else has this, so I've got to hide it. And I have to hide myself, I have to hide all the doubts that I have. And so when you're hiding, you're not creating the results that you want because your actions are one of hiding and cowering and thinking negative thoughts. And so it's kind of a chain reaction. And so when you have imposter syndrome, which is really the awful feeling that you're not good enough. And so you're always going to have it. You're going to have it when you're starting something new. You're going to have it when you're scaling. People think, oh, well, once I'm a six-figure earner or once I've been doing this for a year, I'm not going to have imposter syndrome anymore. Nope. You're going to have it, but it's going to look different. So settle in and get used to it because your brain is always going to be there. And what your brain does, you have two pieces of your brain, the higher brain, which is full of possibility. And that brain is saying, yes, let's do it. Let's conquer that mountain. Let's achieve those goals. Let's go for the gold, all of that. And it's fun and it's exciting and it feels so good. And then you've got your lower brain that's like from your cave woman days saying, you're going to die. That bear is going to eat you. 
that monster is going to get you. Yes, that was real stuff back in the day. It is no longer that way, but our brain still grabs onto that, oh no, you're going to die, I must protect you. That brain is very helpful if you're in the middle of a road and a car is coming and you need to get out of the way. Or if your child is, you know, running into the street, that brain is very helpful. But the problem is, is that most of the time it shows up when it's not needed, but still we feel that. And it's like, oh no, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if I embarrass myself. What if I fall flat in my face in front of people? Well, that's the worst thing that could happen ever. Is it really? Eh. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We don't want to embarrass (laughs) ourselves. We don't want to feel humiliated. So that's where imposter syndrome comes. And it just holds us back because we think, well, I've just got to know more. I've just got to do more training. I've got to get more experience. Once I have this, then I won't feel imposter syndrome. No, you're going to feel it. So it's about embracing it, saying, hey, you're here. You're along for the ride. I don't have to listen to you. I've got this. I am safe. Get in the back seat, lower brain. The prefrontal cortex is going to take over and we're going to drive this train. So it's really, I can't even remember what the question that you asked me. But, <laughs> but <laughs> imposter syndrome is always going to be there. It's just, are you listening to it? And yes. is it driving the train? No, that's perfect. I love that response. And for me, it's interesting because... I didn't know the phrase before I moved into the online space. No one used that term, that phrase in quite the same way. Of course, I did certain things around thoughts, but it was more around be positive. What you put out into the universe, you'll get back. It was more around that. But it was only when I moved into, you know, I started my own business and I started working with you. It's a term that's used quite a lot. And as I mentioned before, I just was so naive in thinking, yep, I'll do the work for three months. And then, yep, I've got it covered. Tick (laughs) off the to-do list. But actually, yes, the more you do, the more it just seems to rear its ugly head. And like you said, there's no off button. So it has to be there for those moments of danger. But I love what you said in terms of, you know, invite it along for the ride, because it's just always going to be there. And the more successful you are, the more it's going to be there to try and bring you down. And you need to continue on your journey. And both of those brains are going to be with you all the time. That higher brain who, you know, that wants to really believe and believes in the magic and the creation and it gets really creative. And then the lower brain that wants to hold you back and keep you safe. And it just, it's going to be on a continuum of when your confidence is higher, you're going to be listening to more of your prefrontal cortex. When your confidence is lower or you're new at something, it's going to be listening to the danger, danger, danger. And so they're both going to be there. And no matter who shows up, nothing has gone wrong. So that's the other thing is people think, oh no, I don't feel good about this. Therefore something's wrong. I got to get out. I can't do it. I got to hide. No, that just means that it's going to feel a little uncomfortable and you might, you might fail or you might misstep or make a mistake or flop, or you do something and you put yourself out there and nobody shows up or, you know, you get it wrong. But you confidence comes from knowing that you can handle whatever comes your way. It doesn't mean you do it perfectly. It doesn't mean you've done it well in the past. It just means I can handle whatever comes my way. And so if you know that if you put that webinar out there and nobody shows up, you're going to be okay. It might not feel great, but you're going to be okay. 
So that's where that confidence comes in. Get used to having both of those brains talking to you because they will be. And then you get to choose which one you're going to listen to. Yeah. And I love, we obviously caught up quite recently and I love the advice you gave me. I don't know if you're able to share it with our listeners. It was around, not so much affirmations, but, you know, repeating stuff like what you just said, you will be okay. What you're doing right now is more than enough. And what I loved at the end of that conversation, because it is a bit of a mindset shift. Obviously, I'm not going to, in the moment you've told me to say these things, I'm not going to, yeah, yeah, okay, yep, I've got it. But what I loved at the end of our conversation was you mentioned saying it's possible. And now I'm repeating that. It's only been a few days, but I have been repeating these sentences. It's possible. It's possible. It will be okay. And, you know, it's baby steps. And eventually I will get to a point where I do believe it and I can drop the it's Mm -hmm. possible. Yes. That's fantastic. And like I told you before, Just saying things without any kind of belief, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. So you could just say, hey, I'm the most amazing person on the planet every day. But if you don't have any belief behind that, they're just words. And so when you add that, it's possible. It's possible that I can make this business work. It's possible that I can find a client today. It's possible that I can lose those 10 pounds, whatever it is that you want to do, but maybe you don't quite believe in yourself yet. Add that possibility and that opens your mind up to curiosity. And when you're curious, you're creative. And so when you're thinking, oh, I could never do that, your brain shuts down, the possibility of anything good happening shuts down and you, you want to keep that open because success does not have to take a long time and it doesn't have to happen in stages. It can happen in an instant. You know, you hear of people who suddenly they just made it to the big time. They got one call and boom, they got it. Or all of a sudden they're fighting for clients for years and years. And then all of a sudden they're, they're full. So one of the coaches that has been a mentor to me, she worked on her business for 10 years, was hardly making any money at all. And now she's a multimillion dollar earner. She went from making, I think it was around 10, $10,000 US a year to like 300,000, then 1 million and now 2 million all in a year. And so it doesn't have to be a long drawn out process of, oh, it just takes time. It takes the effort of transforming your thoughts. And that doesn't happen overnight. Like you said, it's not like you can work on your mindset and three months check off the box and like, I'm set for life. No, you know, I've been doing this work for years. I still have my own coach that I pay because I know the value of that. And I still get stuck in my own head. Because I work with tennis players right now and I play tennis, I can clearly see what they need to do. And then I get on the court and I'm like, wait a minute, no, my own lower brain takes over. And it's like, danger, danger, you're about to lose. And I have to remind myself of my own thoughts. So so it's a process, but it doesn't have to take a long time. And it's not just a checking off the boxes. It's really about putting in the effort and it all comes down to noticing what you're thinking. Because if you're aware, it's like, okay, I'm thinking that I'll never find a client or I'm thinking that this is never going to happen for me. You're just going to create that path. So by doing that daily work of it's possible that I can find a client today, you may not find a client that day, but maybe you'll have an idea of something that will find a client down the road or the next day, or maybe that day. So it's being open to possibility is, and that's what I love about, about all that work that we talked about recently. 
No, definitely. I love that. And I think some of the things that new podcasters think about, because I know I've had similar thoughts, and it makes them think twice about starting. It's all about, oh, I don't have a big enough audience. Oh, no one. I definitely had this, personally. No one will listen to my show. I was absolutely gobsmacked when in the first week, I think I had 75 down. I just thought, am I on the right account? Because you just, you just, you just don't. And it is a negative way to look at it. But, you know, I still, you know me quite well. I still take action most of the times, despite the thoughts and the negative thoughts in my mind. But yeah, people do allow maybe the tech. Like I'm not a techie person. That's going to be too overwhelming. I'm not going to get started with my podcast. There's so many different thoughts and there's some myths as well that allow people to just leave start a podcast on their vision board, on their to-do list. And then, yeah, I just think it's important for people to recognize, just start, you can improve Mm -hmm. as you go along. And as you mentioned, it's all a process. Everything that we do, starting a business is a long, (laughs) it's a process. I've realized that myself. And with that comes all the other aspects of business. It's all a process, it's all a journey. So just step into it. And bring your lower brain along for the ride. I love that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in the back seat, even in the trunk if you need to. (laughs) Yeah, he belongs in the trunk. (laughs) Okay. So as we mentioned, all of these are natural feelings for podcasters to feel, you know, it's something new. Podcasting makes you, this is the whole point of it, why it's a great marketing tool. You're quite visible. I know for me, I just thought, not that it should matter, but I just thought, Hundreds, thousands, millions of people will hear my voice and hear what I'm talking about. So it can be quite overwhelming. Do you have any other tips as to how people can stop feeling like they're a bit of a fraud as I did starting out? (laughs) Well, I think too, it's, you know, we have unintentional thoughts that come into our brain and they're just going to pop up. You can't control those. You can control how long they stay there. And so what happens is, you know, some thought of, oh, I'm not good enough, or I don't have a big enough audience will come in, you latch on, and then you create this whole momentum around that. So when you see those thoughts come in saying, oh, you know, I'm not good enough to do a podcast, I don't have enough to say yet, recognize that and say, hmm, that's just my thought, it's not true. And then get to work thinking about what thoughts you can have instead. So you want to create intentional thoughts. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier of living in possibility. You know, it's possible that I have enough content for one podcast a week or one a month or whatever, or it's possible that other people really want to hear what I have to say. Start from there, get that curiosity going, get that confidence building, knowing that, hey, I may have a few podcasts that fall flat or that nobody shows up and listens to. That's okay. Nothing has gone wrong. So recognizing the intentional thoughts, not latching onto them, and then shifting of what is possible? What is possible if I'm going to choose to not think this? What's possible that I could think instead? Get that going, then take in the feeling of the curiosity or the self-confidence or the determination, the commitment, whatever it is that shows up for you in the feeling area, and then create a list of all the actions that you can take. When you're living in possibility and you're curious, maybe you do some research on some different topics of what podcasters need or what your audience needs, and then you just get into action, those actions will start to create the results that you're looking for. 
And I'm a perfect example of this. You know, we've been talking about me starting a podcast for months. And, you know, when you said tech, I instantly was like, yep, that's why I can't do it, you know? And so, yeah, I get freaked out in my own way about, well, I couldn't do a podcast because, you know, oh, tennis players don't listen to podcasts or I don't know how to do the tech or whatever it is. And I latch onto those and then I'm like, okay, podcast goes into the, into the closet for now. I'm not doing it. So when you're really ready and it's something you really want to do, it's noticing those thoughts, just shifting them slightly, at, you know, adding that possibility and creating the feelings that are going to drive those actions that are going to get you going. And then it's about staying in massive action. Keep going. The only reason people don't reach their goals is because they quit too soon for anything. And so, you know, let's say you do a podcast, you get five people and it's your mom and your best friends and your dog that show up and listen to it. So if you do that and then think I'm a failure as a podcaster, you put that away, boom, you've just lost an opportunity to grow, to build something new and you're a quitter. That means that you're not going to keep moving on. That failure that people think is a failure is just a stepping stone along the path. So maybe you evaluate, what can I do differently? How can I get this out? It could just be that not enough people know about it, that it was a fantastic podcast episode, but people don't know about it. Or maybe a lot of people know about it, but the tech was off. You know, it didn't sound good. You know, you can find out some things and then keep trying. And so massive action is staying in action until you reach your goal. It's going to be a lot of trial and error. It's going to be a lot of, you got this. You know, it's going to be a lot of falling on your face and then getting back up and trying something different, but it's being okay with that process. Nothing has gone wrong. Yeah. So people think, oh, I failed once. I'm a failure out. I got to do something different. No, keep doing it. Keep failing, but learn from those failures. You know, you don't want to just keep beating yourself against a brick wall saying, well, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming, but you're not telling anybody. Well, there's a reason why nobody's coming to listen. That would be my suggestion. Yes, totally right. With podcasting, you have to review. So whether it's the episode title or like you mentioned, is the audio a bit off? You do have to review and take action, fix it, essentially, get feedback. There's so many different elements that go into podcasting, but yeah, definitely don't give up. I make a concerted effort not to look at my numbers. Annoyingly, the host that I use, it's bam smack on the page when you log in. And I try and close my eyes and navigate towards the top right when I upload a new episode. But I can appreciate why people are fixated on them because it signifies something, but you're focusing on the wrong thing. You just want to get your message out and help people and put out great content But yeah, I love that. Absolutely love it. Love it. Thank you very much. Before we wrap things up, what would be your top tip? You might have said it already. So apologies if you repeat yourself. What would be your top tip to help our listeners keep those negative thoughts at bay? Are there any exercises, strategies, resources that they could potentially use? Well, what I recommend, and this is something that I do every single morning, is I do a little self-coaching session. And sometimes it's literally two minutes long. 
And then other times it could be 10 or 20. And what I do is I take a moment and I write down thoughts that I'm having. And it could be something specific, like, okay, I'm going to focus on my tennis. I've got a big tennis match this weekend. Um, What am I thinking about my tennis? Sometimes it could be about my business. Sometimes it could be about something else in my personal life or whatever. Or sometimes I keep it very general. Just what's in my head? Let's dump it all out in a thought download. So I take a few minutes and I write out the thoughts in my head. And then I look at them and I say, which one is giving me the most charge? Which one do I feel either the most energized by or the worst about? Because most of the time when I'm doing a thought download, it's going to be negative stuff. So I'm like, okay, which one makes me kind of cringe when I think, oh, why am I thinking that? That's horrible. Then I look at how I'm feeling about it. And then I think, okay, that's the thought that I need to shift. And I just have to remember, this is not true. This is not a fact, even though it feels like it, because it feels so icky. It's only what I'm choosing to think in my head. And so what is something better than I can think? And sometimes it's tough and I just have to sit there in the negative feeling and allow myself to feel it. Because the worst thing we can experience is a feeling. We think, oh, if this happens, then I'll just die. You're not going to die. You may feel embarrassed or humiliated, which, you know, or terror. You know, those are some of the three worst. Humiliation and terror are kind of the two of the worst feelings you can have on the planet. So what happens if this happens? What happens if you fall flat on your face? Can you sit in that and feel it and know that you're going to be okay? And it's hard. It's hard to sit in there. You're going to want to push it away or think about something else or go get busy and avoid it. No, sit with it. So the best thing is once you start becoming aware of your thoughts more naturally, you'll be like a thought will come in and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's just a thought. That's not a fact. I can let that go. Acknowledgement. But yeah. in the beginning, you're thinking, well, wait a minute, Christine. No, but you may just have thoughts, but mine are facts. I guarantee that this is a fact. And I can guarantee that it's not, but it feels like it. So it's kind yeah. of just recognizing what you're thinking. Is it helping you? And do I want to think something different? And that's a process. That's where the work is. It takes practice, but I do that every single day. And like I said, sometimes it's a quickie. I'm feeling great. And I just write out some intentional thoughts that I want for myself. Sometimes I feel like crap and I'm like, okay, I need to work through this and I need to come up with a better thought. But just taking that daily few minutes to look at your thoughts and then you'll more naturally start to see them throughout the day. So that's what I would recommend for, for everybody as a daily practice. I love that. And I love that bit where you talked about we get busy because I'm totally guilty of that. Even before I had my business, you know, life happens, things happen. And when I was much younger, I won't show my age, but when I was much younger, I was a bit of an overthinker. Well, not a bit. I was a super overthinker. As I've gotten older, thankfully, that seems to have died down a bit. But yeah, you just kind of get yourself all wound up and then I'd have to be busy. Only being busy would stop me from dealing with those thoughts and the emotions that they brought about. So yeah, that really resonated with me. Thank you. That's a fantastic last tip. And to bring a little bit of fun to the proceedings, like we're in court. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't podcasting related, but if you do listen to podcasts, this might apply If you could have dinner with one person, dead, alive, podcaster, no podcaster, who would it be and why? Ah, 
there's so many people that I would love to share a meal with and get a conversation. But I think... Well, you can pick three. (laughs) (laughs) The one that stands out to me is the old standby of Oprah. I just love her story. I love what she's been through, where she came from, what she created. I love her humility and her true love for what she does. And it would just be so amazing to just sit with her and see the real her. We kind of see the real her, but obviously it's a professional version But to just laugh with her because she just is so interesting and fascinating. And I don't know. I'm just always have been impressed with her. And that would probably be my number one pick. And then maybe a few tennis players, you know, so that aren't, they're famous in the tennis world, but not so much worldwide. So, but that would be fun for me. (laughs) Yeah. Oprah's my, in my top five. Um. So yeah, you're in good company. Thank you very, very much. That has been absolutely amazing. As always, I knew it would be, which is why you were my number one choice as a guest. Great conversation. And I have no doubt that our listeners will take away lots from this episode, including that last point around your daily practice. I absolutely love that. And I love that I now have something that I can play repeatedly. Now you're going to be always in my head because I can plug in this episode. And yeah, but I won't have to message you like, Christine. So thank you so very much for your time. If you'd like to tell our listeners where they can find you, where you hang out, all that kind of stuff, that would be great. Well, if there are any tennis players out there who are struggling with their mental game, I work exclusively with tennis players now, and you can find me at thetennismind.com. Thank you, Christine, so much for taking the time. We'll speak soon. Thanks, Rosemary. Been a pleasure. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.